Thank you for your prayers for this afternoon. Uh, though you haven't much notice to pray, only announced it this morning, the act of remembrance at the Memorial Garden. But there was quite a number of people gathered there this afternoon, uh, band members, orange men, and spectators as well. So quite a large gathering of people, and we had a good opportunity to speak for the Lord. Although I was told just to pray, but I thought, well, there's no way I'm just going to pray. Uh, I will try to get a few words in, to get a few verses of Scripture as well, and I'll sneak them in, and the Holy Spirit will do the rest, because, you see, the Holy Spirit takes the sword of the Spirit. And so we quoted that uh, verse from Hebrews nine twenty-seven: As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. We quoted that verse, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And so thank you for your prayers, but please pray on for, for all those people who heard the gospel this afternoon. I don't know how many was there, don't know how many people were there in total, but I, I know that there weren't as many at the Memorial Garden this afternoon as there were in John chapter 6. Because in John chapter 6, we read that there were 5,000 men that the Saviour fed. Now, there wasn't 5,000 people at the Memorial Garden this afternoon for the act of remembrance. It would have been tremendous if there was, but there wasn't. But there was 5,000 in John chapter 6. And then when you, when you add in the women and the children, there was probably three times that. You're probably talking in or around 15,000 people in total that the Lord Jesus fed. But then he could have fed 15 million people. You see, our wonderful Savior is able to do the impossible. He's able to do anything. He's able to do what man cannot do. And that's exactly what, what he did do in John chapter 6. So we're coming tonight to this great miracle, this feeding of the 5,000. This is probably Christ's most important miracle, or certainly one of the most important miracles. The reason I say that is because it is recorded in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's the, only, it's the only miracle that's recorded in all four. So there must be something important about this miracle. Now some years ago we, we did preach through a series on the miracles of Christ. So I pray tonight that the message on the feeding of the 5,000 will be fresh. But we're, we're coming in this series from the angle of Jesus eating with people. Remember the title of the series that we have been engaged in now for a number of weeks, Meals with Jesus. Different occasions in the Gospels when the Lord Jesus uh, had a meal with people. Do you remember the first study, Lunch with Levi? Remember Jesus went to Levi's house for the great feast? And then you remember a few weeks ago, we read from Luke chapter 7, that sinful woman who went to the house of Simon the Pharisee 
where the Lord was having a meal with the people. And we gave it the title, just one word, forgiven. I wonder, are you forgiven? It's great to be forgiven. That lady was forgiven. So here's the third message tonight in the series. We're coming tonight to this picnic. I'm going to call it a picnic. This is a picnic with a difference, we could say. That would be a title, a picnic with a difference. Some picnic, isn't it? 5,000 men, and then the women and the children. What a picnic. If Guinness World Records had been around at the time of our Lord, well, surely this would be in it. For the most people at a picnic. So what can we learn from this picnic, this meal with Jesus? Or to put it another way, what relevance has this passage got to Remembrance Sunday? Because there is a relevance. There is a connection. And as I uh, sat down before the service, hadn't much time today with being out in the afternoon, but I sat down just before the service and read through the passage. And some thoughts came to me and thoughts that related to Remembrance Sunday, Armistice Sunday. You notice there in verse 4 the, the reference to the Passover. If you have your Bible and you look at John chapter 6 and verse 4, it speaks of the Passover. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. This miracle of our Lord took place at Passover. That's something that we don't often think about when we think of the feeding of the 5,000. It happened at Passover. It happened at the time when all the lambs were being uh, prepared for slaughter. And they were being prepared for bringing to the temple at Jerusalem to be offered as a sacrifice. And blood would flow and thousands of lambs would die and their blood would be shed. The Passover was nigh. This was a time of sacrifice. Well, obviously, you can, you can make the connection with Remembrance Sunday, a, t- a day when we remember sacrifice. Don't we love to come together today into the Lord's house just to say thank you to the Lord for the supreme sacrifice? Isn't that what they call it? Supreme sacrifice that was made by our soldiers that was made by our, our service personnel in World War I, World War II, and more recent conflicts, and even in our own troubles. And we referred to that at the Memorial Garden, to the terrorist campaign during the troubles, and so many innocent people sat, were slaughtered, and so many lives were sacrificed. Innocent blood was shed. And remember that the Lord hates innocent blood being shed. The shedding of innocent blood, it's one of the things that the Lord hates, according to Proverbs chapter 6. And the Lord will judge those who have shed innocent blood. The sacrifice 
has been made on Remembrance Sunday. It's a day that's set aside to remember the supreme sacrifice. But you know, at the end of this Remembrance Sunday, Armistice Sunday, call it what you will, we want to remember the greatest sacrifice of all. The sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, he's actually called the Passover in First. Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. We love to think of the blood of the Passover lamb shed to cover the houses and to, to, to be applied to the doorposts in Egypt. And we love to think of the blood of Christ that covers us and shelters us, those of us who are saved. But it's interesting that the Lord here in 1 Corinthians 5, he's actually called our Passover. He is the Passover himself. What a sacrifice he made, by the way. What a sacrifice on Calvary. I hear the words of love. I gaze upon the blood. I see the mighty sacrifice and I have peace with God. I wonder, is there someone here tonight who is troubled? Nobody else knows about it, but in your heart of hearts, you're troubled. You've never been saved, or maybe you're backslidden, and you're troubled. Look to the sacrifice of Christ by faith, and you'll have peace. That's where peace is found, by trusting in the great sacrifice that Jesus made at Calvary. Child of God, tonight are you troubled? Are you fearful about something, some situation this week ahead? Something that happened last week. There's something that's haunting you. There's something that's dogging your every step. And you have no peace. Look away to the sacrifice that Christ made at Calvary. Gaze upon the blood by faith tonight. And that's where you'll find peace, perfect peace. In this dark world of sin, the blood of Jesus whispers peace within. So the, the, this miracle... And this meal that the Lord Jesus had with all these people that day, it took place at Passover, a time of sacrifice. But then I want you to notice something else here. You see here, when Jesus has this meal with these thousands of people, I want you to notice that there is someone who gave all. Somebody gives all. I'm referring, of course, to the wee lad, as they say up in Belfast, wee lad. They talk about a wee lad. But here's a wee lad. Here's a lad in John chapter 6. Look at verse 9. There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. A lad. Remember this morning in the children's talk, we referred to the lad... Reggie, 
Reggie was the youngest soldier in the British forces during second, the Second World War to die. The youngest British soldier to die in the Second World War, only 14 years of age. A lad, Re- Reginald Earnshaw, but they called him Reggie. A lad who gave all. But here in John chapter 6, we have a lad, another lad who gave all. Because this boy, little did he know, little did he realize that day when he set out to hear Jesus, to see what Jesus would do. And maybe his mother packed his lunch, prepared it lovingly for him. And the little boy, he sets off and maybe his father is with him, we don't know. But the lad is here, and whenever the people have no food, the lad gives all. Gives all. He, he, he gives all that he has. Five loaves and two fish. He's nothing more to give. He can't give anymore. And he gives it all. Aren't we thankful for those who give their all on the battlefields of Europe? That we could come here tonight for an evening service freely. As we often talk about none daring to make us afraid. How blessed we are, how privileged we are. I hope that we realize tonight, I hope that we're all well aware that in China and other nations around the world, they can't do this. They have to meet underground. By the way, I hope you're aware in places like Australia and Canada and other places even now today in 2021, there are parts of those countries where you can't do this because of tyrannical governments who won't allow God's people to assemble together in their churches. Freedom's a very, very precious thing. We ought to be so grateful for it, so thankful for it. You see, you know what happens when you're not thankful For freedom, the Lord takes it away. Whenever you're not thankful for the blessings of God, for the spiritual blessings in Christ, what does he do? Takes them away from an ungrateful people. Oh, may we ever be thankful, may we ever be grateful, lest the Lord would take away our freedoms from us. But thank God on this Remembrance Sunday... For those who gave all for our freedom. Don't we often hear that little phrase, all gave some, some gave all? All gave some, some gave all? This lad in John 6 gave all. The soldiers on the battlefields of Europe gave all. Even the 14-year-old lad that we talked about this morning to the children who gave his all. But you know, above all else and above everyone else tonight, we thank Almighty God for his dear Son who gave all. For the Lord Jesus Christ who gave all that he could give, all that he could give, he gave it all for us. You can't give anything more than your life, and that's what Christ gave. 
You see, just a few chapters over, if you turn the pages of your Bible, just over a few pages to John chapter 10, this is what you read in verse 17. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. And then on down the chapter, another few verses. Listen. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. The Lord Jesus gave his life for us. And and not only does he give his own life for us, but he gives us eternal life. And we shall never perish. Now, no matter what you're going through, that ought to encourage you. No matter what dark valley you're going through tonight, the fact that the Lord Jesus gave his life for you, and that he has given you eternal life, That ought to lift your spirits tonight. I pray it does. Thank God tonight for our Savior who gave all. Just like the lad gave all that he had, five loaves and two fish, so the person standing beside him that day, the great creator, who took the five loaves and two fish and fed the 5,000 or what would have really been 15,000 probably. Thank God for him because he gave all as well. I want to draw the meeting to a close tonight and let you away a wee bit earlier tonight. Just one more thought that comes to me and that came to me as I sat down before the service. You notice what it tells us in verse 12. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets. The Lord Jesus looks around and everybody is fed and watered, as they say, and everybody's filled, stuffed. Do you ever find after after your Christmas dinner or maybe at another uh, meal, you're in a restaurant, and after it's all over and you sit back and somebody offers you some more food, oh, please, no more, no room, couldn't eat any more, couldn't eat another bite. You're full. You're satisfied. Well, the people here in John chapter 6, they were satisfied. And you see, that's what happens when you become a Christian. You become satisfied. Because Jesus satisfies. Religion doesn't satisfy. The church doesn't satisfy. No church can satisfy. Living by the golden rule or the Ten Commandments. None of these things satisfy. Only Christ satisfies. We sing the hymn, don't we? Now, none but Christ can satisfy. None but Christ. 
So I wonder tonight, is there somebody here who's searching for satisfaction, but you're searching in all the wrong places? You need to go to Jesus Christ, for in him alone you'll find satisfaction. He satisfied the people in John chapter 6 when he fed thousands of people. And he can satisfy your soul tonight. But Jesus, he, he, um, he gives the command. Now, everybody's satisfied and had enough. But look at all the fragments that are lying around. And the Lord says, gather them all up. So he sends his disciples who distributed the food to begin with. And he sends them out around that desert place, uh, that, that grassy area. And he says, go all over now and pick up all the fragments that are lying around and fill the baskets. And here's the point. Guess how many baskets were filled? Twelve. That's what we're told. How many disciples were there? Twelve. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out that there was a basket for each disciple. A reward for each disciple. A reward for each servant of Christ. Even for Judas who would betray him. But I want to tell you dear friends tonight. And this is the, this is the thought that the Lord led on my heart earlier. As I read over the passage. There will be a reward for your labor. The Lord will reward you. Now the one thing that I am very reluctant to do when I preach is to start mentioning different jobs that people do in church. Because inevitably you will leave somebody out and somebody will feel left out. So I don't want to do that Suffice to say, there are so many ministries in this church, in this congregation that I could mention tonight. But I'm just going to lump it all together and tell you good folk that whatever your ministry is, you will be rewarded. You'll have a basket, if I can put it like that. Whenever the Lord Jesus comes for you or when he calls you home... He'll have a reward for you. So don't give up. Perhaps your role is behind the scenes. Maybe you are serving the Lord in some way that people don't really see. It, it, it doesn't get the limelight. Your ministry doesn't get the attention. But it gets the Lord's attention. And all that work that you do behind the scenes will be rewarded. Yes, just as the disciples were rewarded for their labor, so we who serve the Lord in our day and generation will be rewarded. Even the fact, folks, that you're here tonight in this evening service, you will be rewarded for coming here tonight and for coming every Sunday night. You know, I was just thinking about what one of the disciples said there. If you notice, 
we go back to John chapter 6, and with this I'm finished. There's one of the disciples, and he was a bit discouraged, and he was a bit of a doubter. And if you look there at, at verse 9, it's Andrew, isn't it? And Andrew says, there is a lad here which hath five, five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Just a small little lunch. Maybe the devil's whispering to you tonight, but sure, this is just a small little service. Small little Sunday evening service. What good is it? What's the use? Why bother coming? That is how the devil operates. That's what he whispers to me every day. He tells me what you're doing, it's pointless. Maybe he whispers the same to you. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, what you're doing for the Lord is not pointless. What the disciples did for the Lord when he fed the 5,000 wasn't pointless, and what you're doing for the Lord today isn't pointless either. Therefore, isn't this what I'm going to quote what Brother John Brown preached a few weeks ago? Remember his text? Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Well, better not leave it there, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.